0: You're listening to Natural Magic, written and narrated by Molly Sredjes. Chapter Eleven: Key. Key's final class was channeling objects. Most wizards found their natural gift easy to manipulate through intention, but more difficult workings could be made more manageable by using an object to direct the magic. Matias arrived just before the class started and slid into the empty desk next to her. Flushed, but smiling. Something pulled in her stomach. She had seen Matt smile so little in the past year that she had almost forgotten what he looked like happy. Their teacher, Miss Adjel, was possibly even shorter than Miriam, with pale skin that shone pink as if she just scrubbed her face, and a greasy mess of brown hair that tried to escape her ponytail. Her Faraday shirt was unbuttoned at the top, and her tie was askew. Key had a feeling her mother would be horrified at the sight but Ms. Adjel knew her subject well. He had never heard so many different types of objects used for channeling magic, from wands to stabs to coins and stones. Miss Agel even had a story about a wizard who'd used a pair of shoelaces. She spoke quickly as she paced in front of the class. For anyone who attends to learn abilities beyond their natural gifts, using an object to channel magic is a stepping stone. Even when practicing a variety of magic very similar to the original, Key glanced sidelong at Matsyas, who hung on to every word. Though, she noticed, he squinted slightly. Something he did when he couldn't quite hear someone, as if by making his vision clearer, the sound of their voice would also become less fuzzy. She was not surprised he gave Miss Agile his undivided attention. Matsyas believed had lived for this moment since he was nine. Key! Key! Matt ran up to her as soon as she stepped out of the trailer. His mother followed while his father watched four-year-old Lamel tottering through the scraggly front yard. Matsyas wore a purple scarf around his head that matched his father's. Key knew he had worn it for nearly a year, but it was her first time seeing it. The section that would normally cover his mouth and nose hung loose and flapped as he ran, revealing that he recently lost both of his front teeth. He almost knocked Key down with his embrace. Then he backed away. Look! He twirled around to show off the headscarf. Apparently, the newness hadn't entirely worn off.
1: You have your E beyond. You're a man now.
0: Ki used the Eboluna word for the garment. She was grateful she wouldn't have her own coming-of-age ceremony for several years, as she wasn't sure she was ready to take an oath to her parents' gods. Matsyas paused mid-twirl and stated thoughtfully that he didn't feel like a man yet. His father walked over and stroked his head.
2: Nine years old just means you're becoming an adult, remember? Even Sia Hitano didn't do that in a day.
0: He spoke in fluent Johu, as he always did when Key and her family were present. Both of Matt's parents insisted that using Zhuhu in the presence of those who did not know the Apolluno tongue was an important part of the rules of hospitality set down by their goddess. Matias tilted his back to look at his father and spoke in the same language.
2: That's why I don't have to be with the little kids at Temple anymore. That's right. But don't worry. We'll wait until you're ten before you have to start paying
0: rent. Dad! His mother laughed as she scooped up Lamel. Lissy Belied was a few shades lighter than her husband and sons, with a wide smile that made her eyes crinkle. <laughs> He's teasing, sweetheart. Ki? Her father also spoke in Shahu. Do you want to show Matsyas what you made him? Oh, yeah. Key pulled a piece of quartz out of her pocket. She had spent weeks carving it into the shape of an open rose with four leaves folding out. She had spent just as much time figuring out how to fill the rose with red and green lightning without damaging it. Matt gasped as he accepted the rose from her. His father peered over his shoulder.
2: That's beautiful. You made it?
0: Key nodded proudly as her mother explained. It seems like he has magic as well as Matsyas. They had learned about Matt's gift on their visit the year before. Matsyas whipped around.
2: Mom, can me and Key play in my room?"
0: His mother bounced Lamelle on her hip as the younger boy grabbed fistfuls of her thick, wiry hair. Of course. Matias flashed his toothless grin at Key again.
2: Come on! There's something I need to show you!
0: He pulled her into his house. Key giggled. Though she was several inches taller than her friend, it was difficult to stay in step with Matt when he was excited. Matt's house was plainer than most. The Ethite laws put so many restrictions on the Palan that their homes tended to be sparsely furnished the furniture they did have was mismatched, and the walls were painted whatever leftover colors could be found. But Key liked the colorful interiors, and each house was decorated with things lovingly made by family and friends. Every picture was painted by a close relative, and every bed had a homemade quilt, usually pieced together from scraps of old clothes. To Key, Palan houses breathed love. Though Matt's birthday had passed several months earlier, Key recognized a stack of books that had probably been coming of age gifts. Matsyas carefully placed Key's rose on his bedside table and picked up a book from the top of the stack. Once Matsyas had stopped waving it around, Key was able to read the slightly torn cover.
1: You're learning
0: Sentbo? Are you going on vacation? No. Matsyas pulled a crumpled flyer out of the book and showed it to her. The pictures on it had several big kids wearing black jackets with different colored sleeves. They smiled at the camera, and some of them were working magic.
2: My uncle brought it to me, after he found out I could bend luck. It's a school in Nefrail.
0: He carefully read aloud.
1: Far-day, a-a-academy uh, uh, of
0: my magic. Matsuyas beamed at her. You've been practicing. When Key's family visited Illigate, Key attended the temple school with Matsyas, where his father taught her to read. Spurred on by Matt's encouragement, Key read more of the flyer. You have to apply. You have to be 14. Matsyas stuck out his chin.
2: I don't care. That gives me five years to learn Shugbo.
0: He looked back at the flower on his desk and then at Key.
2: And now that you have magic, you can come with me.
0: I don't know if I'm good enough. She didn't want to tell Matsyas how many pieces of quartz she had broken trying to get the lightning right on his rose. But Matsyas hugged her.
2: Of course you are!
0: Then, slowly pronouncing each word, syllable by syllable, he said in Chigbo,
2: We are going to be the best wizards in Naidion.
0: When class ended, Ki helped Matsyas gather his things. So,
1: how was your first day?
0: Matsyas grinned up at her. I'm at Faraday.
1: You know, little brother,
0: she said as he put on his backpack, you've been here for a whole day.
2: I know, I just, I didn't think I'd actually get here.
0: His eyes glazed over after that, like he was watching a movie she couldn't see.
1: Come on, let's go get dinner. Then you can read to me from the history book and I'll tell you what it says.
0: It was intended mostly as a joke, though Matias had always been a better reader than her, even if her shikbo was stronger. But even that didn't get Matt's attention. So Key grabbed his crutch and jogged down the hall with it. Hey,
2: I I need that.
0: He chased her all the way to the cafeteria. Though his prosthetic made his gait awkward, it didn't slow him down. And he almost caught her. But Key had a head start and longer legs. She kept an eye out for him to try his luck on her. But she also knew Matt wasn't unlikely to use magic outside of class. At least until he was confident he wasn't breaking any rules. When she reached the door of the dining hall, she waited for him. A moment later, he reached the door himself and snatched the crutch back, leaning on it as he caught his breath. Tilly approached them from the direction of Victoria House. I smell a race. Matsyas walked through the door as Tilly held it for them.
2: Smell. A race.
0: She swept a strand of bright red hair from her eyes.
1: Wind lingers around someone when they've been running. Like… an aftertaste. You'll understand by
0: the end of Miss Thielen's class. How was your afternoon? Pretty good. Matias, Key, and Tilly gathered their trays and found the same table they had eaten their last three meals at. Key noticed he was smiling again. He had already smiled more in one day here than he had in the last six months.
1: Aunt Faraday! Please, like you wouldn't have been accepted. Miss Thielen already loves you.
0: Tilly may not have noticed, but Key could tell from the way Matias shifted that he didn't agree with her. Has anyone seen Ion? Miriam appeared at their table, and for once, Key was glad for her apparent talent at being oblivious to everything. Matsyas turned to Key.
2: Do you know where she went after your sewing class?
1: Physics?
0: Then, as if summoned by their words, Ion practically danced over to them with her tray. She didn't look like the hardened thief that Tilly had made her out to be the night before, but more like a six-year-old pretending to be a princess. Isn't this place amazing? Not attending to where she was going, Ion stumbled into a chair, almost spilling her tray, which Miriam helped her steady. Thanks. She set the tray on the table and dropped into the chair that she had stumbled into. Every class is amazing. I mean, wasn't that the best sewing class you've ever had? She asked Key.
1: It's the only sewing class I've ever
0: had. Me too, actually. But it was better than my dreams. Of course, now I have more homework than I thought imaginable. But... Worth it. Mac finished for her.
2: I mean, I don't know if I'll be able to finish, but I don't
1: care.
0: He clutched at his leg, massaging the area where the prosthetic wrapped around his stub.
1: Well, after dinner we can work on homework together.
0: Key stirred the unusual salad in her bowl, which appeared to consist of grilled sweet potatoes, corn, beans, onions, and some type of pepper. It was nothing like a thysagem meal, though Tilly and Matt were already devouring theirs. We should start with algebra. Everyone has it. Right? Miriam told her own salad. After a moment's pause, she took a delicate bite and chewed thoughtfully. I think all freshmen have algebra. Aya nodded to Matsyas. Key said you're good at math, Matt. Tilly adjusted her glasses.
1: Is there something you're not
0: good at? Matsyas shook his head.
2: I mean, math isn't that hard. You think of it as money. Your family does transactions all the time.
0: Key elbowed him slightly.
1: Money? Way to play into the Stingy thisaju stereotype. Everyone uses money.
0: Key hadn't meant to make Matt uncomfortable, but for the first time arriving, he slipped into Jôhu. He cleared his throat and repeated in Shukbo.
2: Everyone uses money. Uh, Math is easier when you think about how it applies to your life.
0: Like sewing measurements?
2: Yeah, or, or recipes.
0: Matt was clearly trying to recover.
2: Or archery. You'd be amazed at how much math there is in archery.
0: Okay, okay. He elbowed him again.
2: We'll start with meth, but for now, can we just eat, please, and talk about something other than school?
0: Here, here. It turned out, though, that they didn't have much to talk about other than school. Having just met each other, none of them seemed quite sure what to say, and house felt quiet once they fell on the topic of home. But after dinner, they retreated to Victoria House. The common had the look of a lobby or a waiting room, but with the lived-in atmosphere of her trailer. There were several sitting areas formed by an arrangement of couches tables and chairs none of which seemed either quite new or old other students had gathered in pods in different corners of the room and key and the others found two couches facing each other tilly who had dropped off her things in her room before dinner ran up to collect them matt settled onto the couch and massaged his leg again
2: how long do you think we'll be studying for
0: key shook her head she was pretty sure that he had more experience with school than she did but she knew Matsyas wasn't used to wearing his prosthetic for so long. Finally, he glanced at Ion and Miriam, then rolled up his trousers, took off the leg, and set it by his foot. Then he sank back into the couch and let out a sigh of relief, eyes half-closed, like a contented cat. Tilly, who had just returned with her books, stood in front of them with her jaw hanging open. She pushed her glasses up on her nose and then stammered,
1: "'So that's why you use a crutch.'"
0: Ayan giggled, and Tilly pushed her glasses up again, as if the only thing she couldn't understand about the situation was something fuzzy in her vision. You knew? I guessed. Tabric sounds different against a prosthetic. When Tilly turned to Miriam, she said, We met on the train. Matsyas opened one eye.
2: You really didn't figure it out.
0: Tilly shook her head.
1: I mean, it makes sense. I just... no.
0: Matt chuckled as Tilly took a seat next to Miriam. Then the five of them settled in for a round of homework. As Tilly said, Matsyas was good at everything, from math to magic, though he did need some help understanding the words of his textbook. Ayan had clearly requested books in her native Imk, though Matt could have asked for books in Shohu. He had refused. But it turned out that Tilly and Miriam also knew both Aynk and Shahu and were ready to help when Matsyas and Ayan got stuck. Key already knew Tilly was multilingual, as most sprites were, but she hadn't expected the same from Miriam. My uncle deals with a lot of foreign diplomats, so he required me to learn at least enough to get by. Miriam also helped them with their history homework, as she was the only one who was actually from the major continent. After about an hour and a half, the girls trickled away to their rooms. Ion left first, saying she intended to write a letter to her brother. Miriam followed not long after that, and finally, with a great yawn, Tilly. You want me to leave the light on for you? Key shook her head.
1: I probably won't be much longer. Ah, sibling stuff. Glad my siblings aren't in the same house as me. Then again, you two seem to tolerate each other's presence.
0: She winked at Key and headed to the stairwell. After Tilly left, Matt leaned his head back on the couch in his cat pose again, and for a short time, they just sat. Then Key, feeling her eyes drooping, asked,
1: Do you want me to help you carry your stuff to your room?
0: Matt kept his eyes
1: closed.
2: Nah, I think I'm going to stay out here for a little while.
1: Well, don't stay up too late basking in the school. Miss Thielnin was hard enough before lunch. I can't imagine having her first thing in the morning.
0: As Key stood, Matsyas lifted his head.
1: It's
2: not that.
0: He spoke quietly, in Jehu, words only meant for her. Key sat down again.
2: I don't know if I can keep this up. I mean, Tilly almost had us at breakfast.
1: She wouldn't have if it wasn't for Miriam.
2: It's not Miriam's fault. She's a truth wizard. Though that does add another layer of difficulty.
0: Matt bit his lip.
1: Why do you like Miriam so much?
0: Key regretted the words as soon as they left her mouth. Though Matsyas was offended, he didn't show it. Instead, after some thought, he said,
2: She treats me the same way she treats everybody.
0: He silently thanked Ka'atha, the goddess of wrath, that he hadn't asked her why she didn't like Miriam. She hadn't imagined that what she interpreted as rudeness was the same characteristic her brother liked about the girl. Key returned to the original subject at hand.
1: Well, there's no law against Pelon and Nefrael, so maybe you won't have to keep
0: it a secret.
2: I will with my roommate.
0: This was the first time Matt had mentioned his roommate. You don't get along with him. You know... That could
1: change. It's only been a day.
0: Atzias shook his head.
1: He
2: hates Pallon. If he finds out...
0: He looked up and around the room as if scanning for the other boy. Then he sank back into the couch. Key decided to speak to her brother in a language he knew well. Apolluno Parables.
1: Do you remember when Luoma was in the land of Vipali, and the All-Powerful sent him to save the city from a curse? And he thought he wouldn't be able to if someone recognized him as Palan. But it was when he openly prayed to the goddess that he was able to complete his task.
0: Matsyas turned his head to look at her.
2: Which he did because someone ran him through with a sword and his blood purified the streets.
0: He could feel the anger bubbling up within her, even though part of her knew she was mostly angry at herself for selecting a bad story. She stood up, trying to escape the conversation, and she may have succeeded, but Matsyas muttered,
2: Thanks for the attempt, though.
0: Then she couldn't keep the anger down.
1: And yet, he did not despair.
0: They were the last words of many Epiluno parables, a reminder to the faithful that despair was a mortal sin. Key didn't wait for him to answer. She turned on her heel and followed Tilly to their room, leaving Matsyas to sulk on the couch. (music) You have been listening to Natural Magic, written and narrated by Molly Srojos. The role of Key was played by CJ Branaman. Matt was played by Casey Kirkpatrick. Ayan and Miriam were played by Brittany Nunez and Stephanie of the Drift. Andy Jones voiced Ura and Tilly. Goodwin Gifford played Andlo, and Robbie Gisola played Lissy. Our cast was rounded out by Malia Nunez as young Key. Music and sound effects from Pixabay cafeteria ambiance from ambient sound mixer to learn more about our artists or to read this book online follow the stitcher's apprentice on tumblr or follow the links in the show notes